When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Beautiful people, welcome back to another episode of Who Can Relate. I am back, you're back, we are back. Uh, For those of you who are new here, first of all, thank you for joining us. This show is all about people discovering their higher selves through adversity, vulnerability, with a big underline under that word, and self-love. All right, now that we got that out of the way, Happy New Year to each and every one of you. I am one of those people that continues to say Happy New Year until about like January, eh, let's just go with 18th, especially if I haven't seen you in the new year yet, like you're for sure going to get a Happy New Year. After the 18th, it's like, Happy New Year, like, is it still? <laughs> so you got to the 18th for me, and this is before the 18th, so again, Happy New Year. I uh, would love to hear anyone's New Year's resolutions that they have planned, that they've already uh, started and been rolling with. I personally have adapted this new version of a, of a New Year's resolution plan. I know myself pretty well now to say that uh, me sticking to something like one or two things for 365 days, 12 months out of the year, 52 weeks, highly unlikely. Just my attention span, the way I'm built, the way I'm set up, it's just, let's be honest, it's just not going to happen. So instead of setting myself up for failure and being disappointed, I decided to switch things up this year. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a New Year's resolution every month. So I'm going to get 12 different resolutions, 12 different goals. And I have four fresh four week block to set that goal and accomplish that goal and then keep it moving. Will I repeat or carry over as the months go? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't want anything to overlap or for me to be going too crazy here. But I will say the theme of these New Year's resolutions are one thing and one thing only extreme. Anything that I set aside is going to be either way more than I'm already doing now or completely crazy and chaotic. I'm just going to challenge myself. So for January, I decided to wake up every day at 5 a.m. Now, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the 5 a.m. club, not referring to the book, but I am referring to the magic hour as I call it in the 5 a.m. club. There's something really special about 
waking up at 5 a.m. I used to do this, I think it was like early COVID when I again needed to challenge myself and mix it up. And a couple of things for me that I really noticed from it, and, and I'm rolling here now, a couple of days into the new year, watching the sunrise is completely magical, spiritual, and healing. It's it's just and calming when you throw that word in there too. There's just something about like I don't know, watching it slowly come up and you see the different colors and, and it's like you feel like you have a head start, you know, before most people do, I feel like. The other thing too is um my energy levels are through the roof right now. Like I've never had a crash during the day. Actually I lied, I take that back. The first day I actually almost almost crashed. Uh, I was like five o'clock and I couldn't keep my eyes open. Um, after that though, I've, I felt completely energized and really like productive and, and this, uh, inspired, uh, dare I say youthful, um, energy came to life and it's been rolling ever since here we are day 10. And, uh, I'm, I'm really happy about that. And the other thing that I've noticed on the more serious note is I'm no stranger to say that I've deal with mood swings. Um, when I was in Chicago, born and raised for the listeners, the new listeners. Um, seasonal depression is a real thing. And I didn't know how real it was until I moved and moved to LA, I should say. And, uh, you know, I always tell people the cold is, is doable. And I'm talking like 20 below. It sucks. Don't get me wrong, but it's doable. What really messed me up about the winters in Chicago were the gray skies and not seeing sun for any stretches from 10 days to two weeks to maybe a, a glimmer of sun beaming light once in, in four weeks, you know, it was, it was really hard. And when I moved to LA, I had this, you know, crazy revamped mood and this energy. And even my wife was like, Oh, your mood swings are gone, you know? And then being here now for a couple of years, every now and then, you know, I get into a mood like everyone does. Right. So I think, and waking up at 5 AM has really helped with those moods. And again, I, I just feel like this crazy wave of energy and I'm like, I want to go, go, go. I want to check all the things off my list and, and we're rolling with it. We are rolling with it. 10 days in 5am club is going strong for your boy. I'm, I'm super happy with it. This one I may carry over as the months go on and who knows, maybe even the years go on. Okay. But again, I would love to hear your new year's resolutions, uh, what you have set out and maybe it's a carryover from last year cause you haven't gotten it yet or achieved it yet or something brand new, but I'd love to hear it. All right. So we start off every episode with a quote of the day. And this one is deep. And I, I really like, man, I was excited to give this one to you guys because it really resonated with me. And I think it's really going to carry over throughout this episode. Here's the quote. Rather than a sense of helplessness, a woman who has moved through countless moments of air to reconnect develops a hopeful way of interacting with her world. She has made a specific meaning of her experience, one of optimistic expectation, which gives her a sense of resiliency. So the reason why I chose that quote for today's episode is because I just really feel like we all really need to, instead of just throwing away things because they didn't go our way, embrace the resiliency, embrace, embrace the adversity, embrace the the turn downness, if, if if that's a word, but you're picking up what I'm putting down. I hope, because I'm I'm for sure one myself to do that. When things don't go my way or according to my my plan, um, I get really discouraged. 
frustrated and even, you know, it's a major setback. And instead, I've, I've been really trying to adapt this new mindset in life, which is, as I've said before in the show, nothing is a loss, it's a lesson. And also, maybe it's a blessing that it didn't go my way. Maybe that resiliency allowed me to now have a different perspective and or freed up some capacity in my life and in my mind and my heart for the right people, the right opportunity that's supposed to be in my life. AKA, I guess everything happens for a reason, right? Now that I say that. But yeah, I just I just think this this quote of this woman who instead of a sense of helplessness, you know, or or the victim of why me and, and how come I, I can't, whatever, a woman who's moved through countless moments of adversity to reconnect, she develops this hopeful way now of interacting with the world. Like there's more optimism here, right? She's made a specific meaning of her experience. And it gives her a sense of resiliency. So if it's not going to kill you, it's going to make you stronger, right? And that resiliency is everything, as as we all know. It's not about getting knocked down because we're always going to get knocked down. But it's more so how you get back up and then how often you get back up. What do you do now that you're back up? So, again, I just thought that would be pretty applicable, as you'll see here in the coming moments of the episode. And speaking of this episode, what are we talking about? Well, you clicked on the episode for good reason. Uh, I did a little bit of, of research here. And studies show that in 2022, the most Googled thing <laughs> um, that people were looking up was, can I change? Or how can I change? The number one thing in 2022 is pretty interesting. So let's just carry it over to 2023. I mean, I know the calendar year change is, is you know, a clean slate and everything, but Let's be honest, we might still be in many ways stuck in 2022. So can you change? And also, if you're stuck, how do you get unstuck? Now, I've been stuck plenty of times in my life, and I've gotten unstuck quite a few times there. But then there's times where I just stay in it and I don't really know how to get out of it. And I thought, you know what, let me let me kick off the year with something like this, a little bit of self-help. I, I've been doing a lot of relationship stuff, but I also pride myself on a self-help coach as much as I'm a relationship and dating coach. And so it's time to, to balance it out a little bit here. So we're going to go self-help today. And when I think of someone who I've seen stuck before and they, they get unstuck, when I see someone who inspires me and when I see someone who is just about that action <laughs> as opposed to just words, I think of... None other than Mrs. Lauren Morrison. You all should be very familiar with Lauren. I've had her on the show a few times. As a matter of fact, this is her third time on the show this season alone. Uh, The first episode I did, which was um, having friends of the opposite sex, it was Lauren and her husband Chris and Shay and I. And then I had Lauren back on um, with Shay and I to talk about resentment in relationships. And uh, here this third time, I really wanted to have Lauren on because I wanted to um, spotlight her business. And I wanted to really showcase her talents here because, um, she does a lot. She's a certified career business and leadership coach who's helped over 480 clients, including executives, celebrities, and influencers achieve higher earnings while gaining more freedom and happiness. We can all use help in that. And through her coaching, she brings over 15 years of expertise in project management business operations, strategy, and people leadership to ensure her clients not only overcome their limiting beliefs, but have the structure in place to take action. 
Again, that word action. Uh, Lauren herself is also an entrepreneur. Again, she's a wife. We had her husband, Chris, on. and She's a mother of two beautiful kids. Shout out to Zara and Cairo. And Lauren strongly believes that you can have the success that you want without the burnout. How many people would love to have the success that they want without the crash and burn, without the I'm tired, I need a break, right? I know for sure I'm raising my hand right now. And lastly, if you want to follow and check up on Lauren more, you can find her on Instagram at Make the Shift with Lauren. Again, that's Make the Shift with Lauren. You will, if you're watching, you will see her Instagram handle pop up here throughout the episode. And if you're a listener, um, I'll have it in the show notes below. And on her Instagram, she's the most consistent, active person I think I follow, which says a lot. She does weekly lives. She does virtual book clubs, which I've been a part of a few and so much more. And, and, and here's the thing I love about Lauren is, you know, her business is, is such a, a beautiful model and, and such a um, has the best intentions to help people. But for me, when thinking about hiring a coach or, you know, uh, paying someone to help me, I, I want, I don't know if it's just me, but I want some type of free shit too, though. Right. <laughs> you know, I just like, can, can I get like a pamphlet or like a little workbook just to, just to see if you're the, you're the right fit. And Lauren's got a ton of stuff on her website. The website is make the shift Again, that's make the shift All this info will be in the show notes below and you can take her free courses. She has a free productivity planner, a 30 day challenge, uh, she's got blog posts up. She's got a, a ton of free stuff. And then obviously you can sign up for her courses and classes and then maybe work with her one-on-one as well. All right. <sighs> Talked a lot here. No more talking. If you are still here listening and watching, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry. I just, it's been a while and I just had to diary them out there for a second. So, so thanks for rolling with me. Thanks for sticking with me. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, Mrs. Morrison. Hi, JD. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really, I'm really excited that you asked me to be back here today. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> well, <laughs> back so here today, but you asked me yesterday. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for being like super flexible and uh, prioritizing it because I was really, I think I even said like anytime this week or next. Yeah. You know, no worries. And so, like, yeah. no, no, actually tomorrow. Are, are you free? My <laughs> scramble brain went to like, oh. Sh- uh, I will sure, be. I, I will, will be. be. I'll make it. <laughs> make it so. <laughs> um, so I wanted to bring you on today, as I already said in the intro, to um, talk about just trying to get unstuck. Mm-hmm. Um, please take this as a compliment, but when I feel like I'm stuck, I do think of like, what would Lauren do? Why would I not think of that as a compliment? Okay, good. Yeah, because I, I didn't want you to think like, I think you're always stuck too, because I no. don't. It's the complete no, no, opposite. No. I, I very much so feel like, all right, fine, Lauren. Like in my head, like this is what Lauren would do. This is what Lauren would say. What would Lauren do? Um, posted notes, as no one can see behind the camera, but I for sure know you as like someone who's going to be organized with some posted notes. Um, very productive with your thinking. Uh, less negative self-talk, more positivity, and just action, really. I think I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you saying that. Is that, is that <laughs> no, the, the, the action part, like, you know, yeah. I want to be associated with action. So yeah. I, and you know, when we, when we, when we talk about being stuck, it's like, 
it's so normal to cycle into that and the way out of it is action. So I genuinely do appreciate yeah. like being associated with, you know what? Lauren would take action. Oh no, 100%. <laughs> you are probably one of the most consistent people. Not only do I have in my life, but I even see on IG. I mean like your reels are on point, you're speaking, you're doing book clubs, like oh, I sent wow. you that text and I guess this is your flowers moment. It turns yeah. out to be is the intro, but just roll with Bump it. Bump it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I sent Lauren a text um, on New Year's Day and uh, meant every word. And what I was saying was just like, I'm just, I see you. Like, I, I see your progress. I see your process. And I see you s- continuing to show up no matter what gets thrown your way, whether it's moving out of country, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Moving, moving houses. Um quitting your corporate job, which is the epitome of structure and routine and going into the complete opposite of entrepreneurial world and just, you know, trial and error. And, um, I was talking to Shay and I'm like, God, like she is doing it. Like good for her. That's so nice. You know, I was like, man, like just such an inspiration. Um, so it's another reason why I really wanted to bring you back on. Cause I feel like, um, one of the first times, if not the first time I had you on, we talked about the move. Yeah. The first time you came on? The first time I came on. We, okay. I just moved. Okay. And you were just kind of literally unpacking your life, no yeah. pun intended, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then um, had you back on to talk about uh, resentment in relationships, which was great. Yeah. But this time, I really want to highlight and, and really put on a pedestal, as it should be, um, this version of you, which is yeah. about that action. About that action. And your business and, and just as, you know, your uh, brand name is just making the shift. And it's really what I want to highlight here today, especially in the new year of, you know, um, a lot of people are going to have their resolutions, you know, watching this already and and or whoever's watching this, maybe it's later in the year and you've you've just abandoned your resolution <laughs> wherever you <laughs> are <over. laughs> in, in the timeline of, of your journey. Um, I just really hope this helps. And I know it will. Um, so I want to start off ag- again. It's just how to get unstuck. Um, I will be as I usually am with Shay, uh, the guinea pigs, guinea pig slash pinata, um, as I All right. title myself. Oh, I like um, to beat someone up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I have been, I have been told I punch people in the throat. I have Whoa. been told, yeah, I've been okay. told, uh, I've been told often I hate it here. <laughs> I've been told often, and uh, these are from your clients. <laughs> these are from my clients. Okay, this okay. Is, this is what a this is what an hour with me is. Perfect. You know? People leaving battered and bruised. Perfect. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm here for it, and and the reason why I said you know a guinea pig and a pinata is is I'm really going to put myself out here, full transparency, and just admit that I'm I'm stuck. Yeah. Right now, I, I really am. If <clears throat> if anyone has noticed, uh, which I'm sure many have, uh, my season two has been so sporadic, so inconsistent. I was looking at my episode yesterday. It's taken me a whole year, basically, to come out with 25 episodes. Mm-hmm. When I did, I think, 11 months of 50 episodes in season one. So completely inconsistent. Uh, a lot of that was just dealing with some life things right. uh as, as i'll talk about here soon on the show about shay and i had a, had a real rough patch there for a while which uh, i'm not someone who can be fake so i'm not just going to show up on the show and be like my life is great and i yeah. might be getting a divorce i'm just not that person um as i've been publicly um explaining just the struggles of being a father to a teenage daughter dealing with that whole thing and then just my own personal shit for lack of a better word, of just getting in my way. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we actually had a session one time. You you were coaching me um, 
kind of along those lines of just being in my own way. And you had some, some great feedback and, and I just remember having great takeaways, but then not your fault, but then I just revert back to the old way. And yeah. so what I'm basically trying to say is, is again, I am stuck right now. I get these highs and I get these lows and I'm just trying to stay steady. Right. Uh, one, can you relate to that? And then two, what have you experienced, whether it's recently or just in the past of any, any of those things? Stuckness. I think I cycle through stuck quarterly, if not monthly, um, especially in this journey um, of, you know, new entrepreneurship and not knowing what the path is. So just feeling like, <laughs> okay, is this all there is? You know, yeah. have I done all the things? Is there anything more that I can do? Is it, is it enough? Sure. And, you know, even just when you get part of the reason why I tend to get stuck is because, you know, we go on social media and it just seems like all the answers are there, but you're like, oh, what's the right answer? <laughs> right. Like, I already yeah. know. Yeah, sure. I, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. I know what to do. I could listen to the TED Talks and it's overwhelming because it is. what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. What do I, what is that next step for me? And what is the right next step? And I think that that even the emphasis on what the right next step is makes you stuck. Yeah. Because you're like, well, what if it's not right? You know? Yeah. And then how do I muster up the courage to even try? Because then if it doesn't work, I just spent how much time only to fail again? Only to fail again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, is about the thing about being stuck is releasing yourself from being right. Mm. It's releasing yourself from being good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's releasing yourself from the expectation that the thing you're going to do is the thing. Mm -hmm. It might be, but it might not be. And thinking ahead to that scenario to be like, all right, well, if it isn't, what am I going to learn? What am I going to do? Because the fact is, is that, you know, as much as we're doing this podcast on being unstuck, people who are watching this, you're going to get a lot of great insights and you're going to get a lot of good things to think about. But by no means is this episode going to get you unstuck. No, for sure. No, this isn't a, it's not a one and done. It's not a one and done. And it's, it's not a Ted talk and, but it's easy. Mm -hmm. It's easy to convince ourselves that we're doing the unsticking by doing research, by reading, by watching what other people are doing, by, you know, signing up for courses or programs or whatever the case is. We're like, yeah, we're doing things, we're doing things. But if those things don't scare you, if those things aren't dramatic, then those things aren't going to get you unstuck. Yeah. And so something else has to be at risk. Mm -hmm. And it's that vulnerability of exposing yourself to potentially disappointing yourself. Yeah is really where the unstuckness happens. Mm -hmm. So that release, which is easier said than done, right? The, Big the, time. the release of being right. And um, I think just for me, it's a lot of releasing control, mm -hmm. you know, of, but it's gotta be this way. And I, and I have the plan and it's, it's, it's gonna go down this road and this is the, the red light you're gonna hit at this street and just, you know, releasing that control and just kind of um, embracing the unknown, which has really been a lot of my, um, unscripted, but a lot of my motto in 2022 was just be comfortable with the unknown, which is again, easier said than done, but I'm really embracing. Well, that concept from the book that you, uh, re that you, um, recommended to me, uh, the courage to be disliked. Yeah. 
bomb book. Yeah. It was a really good book. What I loved about it, though, was there was this um, in this reference to it's like, why do we stay stuck? Yeah. You know, and it is the choice between disappointment or anxiety, the disappointment of your current situation or the choice between that or the anxiety of your of the unknown. Yeah. And doing something that is new, doing something that gets you unstuck is you accepting the anxiety of the unknown. And that's a tough place to be in. Yes. It's a tough place to stay in. Right. Um, and the fact that we have this ideal of who we could be, mm-hmm. if all of the things <laughs> in the universe aligned and yeah. we had the time that we needed, there were extra hours in the day, man, I could be this, this, that, and the next. Yeah. But we don't take action towards doing those things because what if we're wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. JD, what if, what if everything lined up for you to be exactly the person that you think you can be mm-hmm. and all those barriers are removed? Now what? Now that's just, just a, now that's just on you. <laughs> <laughs> now that's just yeah. on you. And mm-hmm. what if you can't live up to your ideal, despite the fact that all the barriers are no longer in your way and that yeah. is a scary concept. See, what's interesting is is uh, uh, that doesn't scare me. Mm. What scares me is is not getting to that place, getting to that level. Because like, I'm going to just try to just spitball here, throw some stuff on the wall, see yeah. if it sticks. But in my mind and in my heart, I really feel like I'm built for that moment. And maybe this has to do with my professional career in modeling for over 17 years now. But I'm, I'm used to being in the spotlight. Right. And when I'm not, it's actually more uncomfortable for me because I don't know, like, should I pull out the spotlight JD-ness? Mm-hmm. But I'm a, I'm a role player here. So, like, what do I – that's like Enjoy the Podcast. A yeah. lot of the reason I struggle is I'm like, I'm so – and then I had my show, you know, before Enjoy the Podcast. But I'm like, I'm so used to hosting. I'm so used to spotlight. I'm so used to being the one who's coming up the topics and leading conversations. And I really had to find my place and just kind of fitting in. Right. So, back to what you're saying, like – I feel like I'm built for that moment. My fear and my stuckness just relies in, in the sense of just not, what if I don't get it? What, what, what if I don't make it to that level of like my main goal is to have my own show? What if I don't get that? Exactly. So I, I like maybe I'm spending, I guess a question for you, am I spending too much time in like that world of like, okay, I got it and this is what's going to happen and I'm going to do this and this, but I'm not spending enough time in like getting to that point so in other words just kind of living in this visual yeah but what actions what like do your do your actions today line up with that goal yeah like like i'm i'm doing the most for something i don't have yet right like i'm spending so much time energy and effort into once i get my show fill in the blank but prior to that is is the stuckness of like what action do I need to take to get it? What what do I need to be doing? Should I be studying this? I remember we talked about getting certified. I'm like I don't even know how to get certified as as I you know give consultations for self help and relationships. I don't even know how to get certified in like a dating coach. Like what does that even look like? Right? What is it? What is a relationship coach like? How do you study that? Right. And and just remove like your own personal experiences. Like that it just doesn't align with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Part of the reason why I think I'm really good at consultations is, be, and this is just based on the reviews as well from my clients, they're like, God, like, you're such a good listener. I feel heard. I feel seen. I feel like you can relate to me. I don't feel judged. This is a safe space. And right. I think a lot of that for me is, as I've always said, I'm not an expert by any means, but I am an expert on my own experiences because <laughs> they were mine, right? Just so happens that they can relate to it. But 
again, it's it's taking the action to to really getting what you want is what I'm like really struggling with right now today. So what are you not doing? Um, I think first thing comes to mind is like, I'm not being consistent. And I think a lot of that is, as I ironically had your sister on the show and we talked about self-sabotage. Uh, a lot of that is that. Um, and the reason why I say self-sabotage and just not showing up consistently is because even though, okay, here it is. I feel the credibility will really come when I have my own show. But it's like right now, self-doubt, self, uh, self-sabotage self comes into play with, I'm just another guy with a podcast. But if I have my own show, the respect level is totally different. I'm able to get more guests because of this now. You know what I mean? So the lack of consistency because I'm like afraid, I guess, of rejection in the meantime. Does that make sense? No, no, it makes sense. Okay. Because yeah. it, it, it kind of does in my head, so I can only imagine you and or anyone <laughs> listening or watching. Uh, trust me, it's <laughs> this is the this is the stuff. Like Perfect. it's the you know, it's when people like ramble and it's when people <laughs> yeah. get in I'm not saying you were rambling, no, no, I but was. when yeah. people are, you know, going off or when they're, you know, um pausing or they have to ask the question, does this make sense? Yeah. It means that you're thinking about things differently and you're connecting mm-hmm. thoughts that maybe you didn't connect before. So yeah. you're not sure if like you're actually like playing in real time. Yeah. Trying to make connections <laughs> and see if they work. Yeah, you know? For sure. That in itself is taking action because it's it's finding a new neural path and being like, does this does this does this compute? Does this make yeah, sense? So right. all that to say is like the messier the better. Okay. Um, Thank you for that. <laughs> by the way. Yeah, of course. And I think that you know what 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 I'm what I'm curious about when I'm listening to you because I'm hearing like you know I'm not being consistent, and that could be because of this feeling of because I don't have this yet. Right. Then I can't take the steps to get there. Yeah, it's almost like I'm I'm conserving energy, which doesn't make sense in hindsight. <laughs> like in hearing myself say that, I'm like, what mm-hmm. sense does that make? It's like I'm going to fill up my tank in my car <clears throat> because I have to eventually drive to fill in the blank, but I don't want to waste the gas just by getting there. It's like, well, how the hell else are you supposed to get there? You know, like that's it sounds crazy in my head, but Well, what's the story that you tell yourself there? Um what if I take the wrong turn? We'll roll out the driving analogy here. Uh, what if I take the wrong turn? What if I go too long on the wrong way or, or during the wrong way? Um, what if the car breaks down <laughs> along the way? What if I get a flat tire? What if, yeah, just all these like what ifs. But again, in just the strangest way in, in thinking, and I've had visuals in in dreams i've had visuals while i meditate i've had visuals uh while i've been uh doing psychedelics of my future mm-hmm. and i've been told from mediums or psychics or spiritual healers like this part of your life like career-wise and they say the same thing like you have nothing to worry about and i'm like but i'm stressing out right now mm-hmm. <laughs> i i don't understand it it's like how do i get from a to let's just call it e because B, C, and D are really tricky for me. And A is so comfortable 
it's it's that neural pathway that you mentioned that is uh, very implicit, right? It needs to be more explicit, but it's very implicit, and a lot of that is from my childhood of unresolved issues in my childhood and just uh, lack of closure for a lot of different things. And these are the things in the way, these are the B, C, and D things that I really struggle with. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it what all if, in here. Sorry. What if, what if you were resolved? Um, can you define resolved? Because I may have a different. Can you define resolved? Sure, yeah. Because <laughs> you say, you know, a lot of things, because you talk about your childhood and a lot of things, you know, stemming from your childhood, things that are unresolved, things that are closure. Like, how will you know when you have those two things? How will you know when you have resolve? It's hard to answer because I, I don't have it. Uh, so just taking a stab at it here. Um, peace comes to mind for sure. Like just ultimate peace and um, uh, not so much of the need to want to resolve, right? So just um, at easeness, if that's a word. <laughs> um, and um, I think more confidence because I can trust more mm. or I can trust different. Trust different. I can trust different. If, if, I, if I was resolved, I feel like I would be trusting different. I'd have more confidence. I would feel at peace. I would feel um, at ease. And I feel like I would have more energy and more capacity, really, to continue to move forward. Because I think a lot of my implicit neural pathways are draining. They're extremely draining. Like, the wise adult in me is like, I'm ready to go whenever you are. And the adaptive child in me is like, just give me another year. Mm. Give me another decade while I figure this shit out. I'll, ta- I'll explain the adaptive child and, and the uh, wise adult, which I got from this book. Is If you're watching, you see it on display here. Sorry, it took 20-something minutes to get into it. Um, but that's part of the – a big part of the struggle is um, my adaptive child getting in the way. Adaptive child, just for everybody, and this is off the book. Terrence Real, the author, describes we have three versions of us that – inevitably will show up on a daily basis. The first one is your inner wounded child, which anyone who's watching who can relate, and I know you, we we should know what that is by now, the inner wounded child. I'm going to skip two for a good reason, and I'll come back to it. But number three is the wise adult. It's the one who is um, thinking clearly, prefrontal cortex is just money, that he, he or she is responding instead of reacting, uh, they are more processed and, and calm, cool, collected, right? That's the wise adult. Number two is the adaptive child. And the adaptive child, by definition with the author, is the you you've cobbled and molded together in the absence of good parenting. Mm-hmm. Now, even if, as your parents are still together, mine would come from a broken home, our parents, bless our heart, and being parents, we, we understand this. We're going to make mistakes. So it's it's the you you've cobbled together in the absence of good parenting. It's also the you you've cobbled together in order to survive. Mm-hmm. But once this adaptive child is created, 90% of the time when you are triggered, faced with adversity, and or just things aren't going according to plan, the adaptive child shows up. Mm-hmm. But what it looks like when that adaptive child shows up that you created this throughout the age of seven that adaptive child at seven was created for good reason. 
Is that same reason applicable today at, in my case, 35? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Mm -hmm. Is this seven-year-old adapted child who, who, who came up with this mold still applicable to who I want to be in the future? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Is this, is this adapted child applicable to my relationship with my wife? Because I probably created the adapted child based on the lack of relationship with my mother or the lack of relationship with my father or fill in the blank. So all to say the adapted child is in my way. <laughs> it is very much so unresolved issues from childhood. It is very much so this, again, this implicit idea of my expectations for how the world perceives me, what my role is here in life and in the future. And the wise adult is back to that. For me, I, I just feel like wholeheartedly is sitting there begging me to get out of my own way, begging the adapted child to say, look, man, you're operating on Windows 95 in 2023. <laughs> Will you let me just update your phone for you so life could be easier? And the adapted child in me is like, I've tried that before. And that updated version failed me because I was abandoned or trust issues, right? So I said I would trust different. That's a very long-winded answer, but this is exactly how I feel to a T. Um, like the baby elephant. Baby elephant. Mm-hmm. So how they used to train baby elephants, right, mm. is they would tie, put a stake in the ground, and they would tie a rope around their ankles. Yeah. And That's right. I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. So they would tie a rope around their ankles, and essentially every time the baby elephant would try to break free, the rope would pull it back. Mm -hmm. And as the baby grew up into a full-grown elephant, they never needed to change the rope. And a lot of times they didn't even need the rope. Yeah. Because now, even though that rope was invisible, it's still tethering them to the stake. Right. That's saying, no, 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 you can't move. Mm -hmm. So even though your conditions around you are different, it's that invisible rope that you have around your ankle that yeah. says, no, 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 you can't move. Yeah. Thank you. Because that is how I feel. Baby elephant. You're the baby elephant. <laughs> so in understanding the baby elephant analogy and understanding as I you know, alluded to this adaptive child and the wise adult. Um, part of in the book, and I would just love to hear your um, solution based mindset as far as uh, not be not staying the, the baby elephant. Part of the solution in, in the book from the author is this idea of you have harmony and then there's, of course, inevitably going to be disharmony, a.k.a. adversity, and then it's repair. Now, a lot of it is, as he relates to it in, in the relational sense, like with your partner, you're going to have harm harmony. So, that you know, the good days, the, the honeymoon phase. Right. And then you have this disharmony where it's like you're different. I didn't sign up for this. You're showing me your true colors. And then it's hopefully the repair. But and we can get into relationship stuff in a second, but just in the self-help thing, mm -hmm. what are, are some of your tools or, or just uh, go-tos when it comes to you have this disharmony moment and how do you repair? Because to your point about feeling overwhelmed with social media, I've, I've really uh, struggled with that in 2022. Like I have all these ideas of reels and, and, and posting and everyone's always like, do you need to have more? Uh, marketing with your podcast and stuff. I'm like, you're right. You're 100% right. However, I fear of doing it wrong and so on and so forth. So it's overwhelming to feel the need to um, 
not compete, but like keep up, <laughs> you know, like I really struggle with that. And then also reading however many self-help and relationship books as I have, I, I've kind of gotten to point where I'm like, damn, like I'm way more self-aware than I probably should be because <laughs> it's really like messing with me because I'm always trying to fix, right? I'm always like, I'm a, I'm a self-help, I'm a uh, self-improvement junkie, like an addict, literally. So how do you deal and how do you deal with that? And then how do you kind of just, what are your go-tos? That's why I want to put a pin in that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm trying to be, what I'm trying to be very conscious of doing now is changing fear of to permission to. Okay. So Can you unpack that more. Yeah, for sure. So fear of rejection, or let's just say fear of doing it wrong. I give myself permission to be messy. Um, I give myself permission to be imperfect. I give myself permission to do it wrong. And when I give myself that permission, fear of disappointing, I've, I've given myself um, the permission to disappoint people because in, I found that especially in this year where I'm trying to like settle in and figure out everything, like I'm so afraid to disappoint people. And that was really getting in my way. So the fear of disappointing people turns into my permission to disappoint others if it's in service of something that is my overall goal. So you know, when it comes to the things that I do on social media, I absolutely give myself permission to be messy and to be okay when things don't perform well. And, you know, to, you know, not focus so much on like having the lighting and the setup and the everything like that. And to just kind of keep it moving, keep it moving, make it messy, make it authentic, make it consistent as long as my voice is out there. But that is something that I've really had to rely on is that, What is it that I need to, if I'm, if I feel, feel fearful in this moment, what am I afraid of? And what do, what is the permission I need to give myself in order to combat that fear? So in someone who like myself, who is a perfectionist mm-hmm. mm. and someone who has a really hard time, um, talking nice to myself mm-hmm. and someone who has a really hard time accepting failure. How do you, how would one go about being more inclined to giving permission? And then I'm assuming also practicing forgiveness for when you do mess up. Well, let me ask you, for all the things that you said, what permissions would you need to give yourself in order for you to really move the needle? First thing comes to mind is uh, permission to fail because I'm I'm going to. And as much as I, I preach and I, I talk about, you know, nothing's a loss, everything's a lesson. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to fail because that means, you know, now I know what not to do. It, it means it, it makes it that much more obtainable to achieve success, you know, through failure. Um, so if giving myself permission to fail. And I think giving myself permission to get back up when I fail, not if. It's just so hard in the moment. Because it's like, you know. We work so hard for what we have. And then the idea of failure is like almost not acceptable. And who's of the three people that you are, whose voice is failure is not acceptable? Between inner wounded child, adaptive child, and wise adult? Mm-hmm. Definitely not wise adult. Um I, uh, probably both uh, inner wounded child and 
adaptive inner wounded because you know um for me personally as a kid you know my mom did the best she could as a single mom bless her heart and i I gave her hell but i remember the only thing that really ever like got through to me was the sentence of you disappointed me Mm -hmm. or i'm disappointed in you right Mm -hmm. which correlates to some type of idea of i failed Mm -hmm. so and then the adaptive child is like i can't fail myself right because it's the me I create in order to survive. So it's like if I fail me, because in, in my adaptive child mind, everyone is going to fail me. Everyone is going to betray my trust. Everyone's going to leave at one point in time. E- everything's going to be taken away at one point in time. It's like preparing for the bad more so than the good. And so if I fail me, now what? So it's a little bit of both. So the connection between failing and hearing You've disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Going back to whatever it was that created that script in your brain, like what was that script in the moment that was hardened into your brain? Can you ask it in, in a just a different way? Yes, I can, because um, that was messy. Um, you said that one of the things that really got through to me is when was your mother mm-hmm. if she said you re- you've disappointed me mm-hmm. and i attributed that to failure what was the consequence of that failure that led you to hard bookmark it into your brain and says never repeat this i think um the consequence would have been like she wouldn't be able to trust me or give me the same amount of responsibility to do it again. Like I lost that opportunity with her. And for me, with my mom, who is and was um, very much so superwoman, to let down superwoman was just like devastating to me. And, and my mom is the type of person where it's like, if she asked for help, because that is a huge if, you better do it right because she won't ask again. And so if I failed that ask and that request, I'll never get the opportunity again. So this story now that's carried over that says, if I try and I fail, I lose the opportunity. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Because it, it is the same in uh, the relational side of things, too. You know, um, in the book, the author talks about uh, we marry our unresolved issues. Okay. And my wife is, in a lot of ways, eerily similar to my mom. Mm-hmm. Shay has a really hard time asking for help. Mm-hmm. And if she does, you better make sure you come through because she probably won't ask. Even if she does ask for help again, she won't ask for that particular help again because mm-hmm. you've already established not being able to do it as, as, as how she wanted it. Right. So this pressure, I guess that I put on myself of, I can't, I can't fail again. You know, what's my mom, it's my wife, my daughter, um, the world, you know, with my show. Um, yeah. And it's, it's such a, uh, it's such a roadblock with no detour (laughs) for now. 
at least I'll, I'll leave room for optimism here and obviously work, but it's just, it's like a dead end with no possible way through. And it really sucks. Well, what do you wish you believed instead? I wish I believed people are more open-minded with how they receive when asked, when they ask for things instead of just like one way. Now I, I bring up my mom and, and Shay. Uh, I am also very much so like that. I have a very hard time asking for help. And, and if I do don't fail, cause I won't ask for that help again. Right. So I just wish myself and, and others were more open and able, capable of, um, receiving in, in, in different avenues and in, in different ways. Well, what does failing look like? A setback, time, uh, not, I don't want to say wasted, but, but a lot of time given and, and not, uh, rewarded or, uh, reciprocated. Um, embarrassment, mm-hmm. uh, let down. Yeah. And if you continue to believe that story, like the story of like trying could lead to failure, could lead to loss. Mm. You're really good. Where does that take you? Um the end. <laughs> Let, let me be a little bit more. I don't want like people to speculate when I say the end. Um, the end in hope in like the relationships that I really worked hard to get marriage, good relationship with my mom, good relationship with my daughter. Um, the end and losing them and, and losing their, um, in Shay's case, patience and, and hope that, I can be the person she sees me to be uh, losing the ultimate hope in, uh, you know, the relationship I strive to, ha- strive to have with my mother and um, losing the hope in the only person on earth that can completely shatter me and break me is my daughter. Mm-hmm. So the loss is always a subconscious i guess as i'm realizing today um uh frame of mind yeah yeah and when i hear about all of those and then we circle right back to the beginning where we talked about this version of yourself that you know exists in the future yeah but the there's there's no not i wouldn't say no but there you know, you're not happy with the action that you're taking towards that. And a part of that is you protecting it. Yeah. I see that now. I'm really trying to control it. Because, again, if we go through the pattern of trying could equal failure, could equal loss, it's like, I don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that. That's yeah. that's 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 about me, you know. Right. Yeah. I don't want to lose that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just processing because this is like great and exactly what I needed today. I 
I this is what I what I like strived for in trying to um see myself from an outside looking in perspective with psychedelics like ayahuasca and the toad ceremony like I really wanted to just see me sitting here from the outside and being like dude it's okay you know or or whatever I was looking for and um yeah it's it's yeah and I think too this is my theory but that's why the adaptive child is loud because the adaptive child keeps you from moving towards that goal and it keeps you to where that goal can remain a possibility an ideal and it can it it essentially is protecting it yeah so to add to that to piggyback because you're right and, and this is uh perfect i went uh, home to Chicago a couple times recently. And one of the last times I was there, I saw my therapist, my, my old school therapist since I was 16. And he introduced me to the term depressive, happy wish, mm-hmm. depressive, happy wish. So to your point, the happy wish is what I see myself as show rolling here and help out so many people on a crazy platform, like, boom, this is what I was meant to do. Right. The depressiveness is the protection and what if you fail and what if you lose it or people along the way to get it, et cetera. And it's just this vicious cycle of this depressive, happy wish. Mm-hmm. It's almost like... Uh, I call it the blanket of thorns mm. because it's like this... It's a blanket of thorns, and it's like the you you hold on to it tight, and it it hurts, mm-hmm. but it's warm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. at least it's warm. At least you're not exposed to the elements, right? And we'd almost rather the pain of the thorns than be exposed to the ele- well, elements. You've normalized the pain, exactly. So even though it's pain, you're you're used to this kind I'm of used pain. To it. But what happens if someone comes with a knife or something and cuts different than the thorn would poke, right? And yeah. that's why it's like you even have to be ready for. You have to be ready for that moment where maybe you hear from Shay. I'm fine with you failing mm. as long as we're failing together. Whatever whatever it is you need to hear from yeah, her. Yeah, right, right. That's someone pulling the blanket off of you. Mm-hmm. But I can assure you <laughs> <laughs> it won't be easy. That in that <laughs> you're going to you're going to hold it tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's it's protective. Yeah. And it's not exposed. So it's like, but being aware of it, once you're aware of it, then you can be like, I know what this is and yeah. I can talk to it now. Mm-hmm. Let her pull it off. You know, I was thinking about my last, um, you asked me about when I was stuck last and it was like maybe like three weeks ago. I was feeling really stuck in my business and did it. And like, I was just like ranting to Chris and Chris said to me, he was just like, you want to know Lauren, like, I just want you to know, like, I'm supportive of you. Like, whatever it is you want to do, like, we'll make it happen. I'm supportive. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes I wish you weren't. Sometimes I wish you were not supportive. Because at least then, if I didn't get to where I think I could go, at least I could blame it on you. Yeah. But now <laughs> that you've taken that away from me. You only have yourself to blame. Now I'm only going to have myself to blame. Yeah. So I wish you would tell me like, sorry, Lauren, this isn't a priority <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, this thing you're doing right now, let's be real. It's a hobby. I wish you mm-hmm. would say those things to me. 
Because yeah. at least I could be like, well, that's why. Mm-hmm. You could be your point that you put your finger on the blame. Exactly. Yeah. So. And I always get curious about, especially when I, I speak to you, because it it always like you'll you you may I make an observation? Of course. You'll start to speak forward. But then Im- just as you speak forward, you immediately or almost instinctively speak backwards. Mm. So in a way that it'll be like, this is what I want to do. This is where I'm, I want to be. And then it'll always come back to unresolved issues, childhood trauma. It'll like, you'll immediately speak backwards. So it's like, I can, I'm watching your adaptive child (laughs) show up, (laughs) show up and bring you back Mm -hmm. to that place where you couldn't trust that way to that place where you couldn't even trust your own voice. Yeah. I think it's to the place where I think I belong. Exactly. So, and, and it, that's, it's, it's always interesting because I, I watch you do it in real time all mm. very consistently. Wow. I, I, I received that so well, cause you're right. And so that's why I asked the question is like, how will you know if you're resolved? Because if you don't, because the hard truth is clinging to being unresolved is safety. Yeah. And -hmm. as long as you don't define what resolved is or what it looks like or what it feels like, then you never have to know if you're there or not. You can always keep it. Yeah. So, and same thing with being unstuck. It's like, what is it to be stuck? And what, how will you know when you're unstuck? Mm -hmm. And how do you get to that point? So like, it's identifying the thing that's in your way and then being like, okay, what do I want to do with this thing? What do I want to do with this thing? And is it something that I want to accept? Is mm-hmm. it something I want to avoid? Is it something I want to adapt to? Accept, avoid, or adapt. There's a fourth one, but... Apply. All the A words. Yeah. I should have had notes. Accept, <laughs> avoid, and adapt. Yeah. And those are great, though, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I've I've avoided and uh, <laughs> I've actually done all three. I've, I've avoided not showing up consistently. I've accepted not showing up consistently. And then I've adapted with every now and then. Here you go. Have you accepted your adaptive child showing up consistently? Uh, more recently after this book, yeah. Because it, like, this this book of, I don't know how many I read since I started reading in 2018. Um, I think it's the number one most transformative book I've ever read, for me personally. The magic is, is definitely up there. Uh, but this book is more tangible and like really digs (laughs) so how does it change how you now speak to your adaptive child yeah i i accept it right so i i definitely accept it and i accept it in the sense of like i'm thankful for it right i'm grateful for it i respect it yes because it was absolutely necessary when it was created for whatever was going on in my life in my childhood, it was 100% created um, for good reason. And and for that, I am so grateful for it. Um, 
and I accept why it was and I accept why it shows up today. And it also, it's, it's a, I kind of use it sometimes as like a, a, a check-in and like a compass, so mm-hmm. to speak. Right. So it's like a check-in when I feel threatened or attacked or some type of adversity and it shows up, it's like, Oh, something is not right. Right. Cause the other version of me, the impulsiveness, like, Oh, we'll figure it out. That would show up. And after I was like, no, 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 come on back. Cause this is why. And I'm like, Oh, I got to take this more seriously. If, if he's here, I got to really like open up, you know, put on a different pair of glasses. And, um, it's something that is a the compass I bring up because it really uh, grounds me because I, I have a tendency of just like um, overly trusting, ironically enough, to a certain degree and uh, letting people in easily. Mm-hmm. And so the compass and the adaptive child brings me back is like, remember the last time you let, you know what I mean? So, yeah, because you're right. In some cases, it it instinctively looks to keep you safe. And in some yeah. cases it's valid in, in, in its ways. Mm-hmm. And in other cases it's like, Self-sabotage. dude, it's not that serious. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not that serious. Um, you know, I have this uh, conversation with clients a lot. Um, it was actually a really funny metaphor that uh, came up where this, uh, one of my clients, she had this, she, she mm-hmm. called her CEO, Deborah. Oh, and Deborah was the CEO who was running the company at a time when survival was all that was necessary. Mm-hmm. And now, now they're sur- she's surviving. Now she can look around and it's like, Deborah, you did your job. I'm not in that house anymore. I'm not with that. I'm not with these people anymore. I don't have the same circumstances. Yeah. So the circumstances around Deborah has changed, but Deborah only knows how to run the company one way. Mm-hmm. She's like, I have to fire Deborah. Yeah, I have to fire Deborah, and I need to bring in a new CEO. Mm-hmm. And what are the skill sets of that new CEO? The CEO that's that isn't trained for survival, but m- more so thriving. Yeah, right. You know that that can look at your situation and be like, "All right, here's where we are. Mm-hmm. This is how we go from here to here." Yeah. And Deborah can't be in the CEO seat anymore. Yeah. I think a lot of that, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is reference point. Yeah. Right. Deborah's reference point was this, and the new CEO's reference point is is that. Is that. And so I, I think for me, knowing what my reference points, plural, are, a lot of them, again, implicit, a lot of them explicit, um, it's really hard to gauge in moments of when I'm triggered or um, faced with adversity. And it's it's, like I said, it's, this this book really helps with that, and it really, um, I think I said this when I was first getting into it, I said to Shay, because I was, like, obsessed, and I said, it, it's speaking exactly how I feel, <laughs> and, and how I have felt for my entire life, of, like, why do I do this when women come into my life? Oh, it's the adaptive child, or, or how come this is, like, oh, it's the neural pathways that you are you know, married to and, and for this reason. And so it just breaks everything down in a way that really resonates with me. And um, actually, I want to get into a, a couple different things in it because I think it'll be, it'll translate here. So you can see by now that I've been a huge advocate of this book entitled Us. It's by Terrence Real again. And it's, as I say in the episode, it's probably the number one most impactful book I've, I've ever read. I mean, it's, it checked off 
every box that I had in terms of question and curiosity or confusion. And I have clarity. I have resources. Finally, I have some type of, of, of perfect explanation if there is such a thing. And it just blew my mind. Um, and I just really thought it was important to highlight here. Um, a lot of the things that the author talks about in the book, again, is, is this idea of um, when you're dating early on, he calls it love without knowledge. There's so many times we're in a, in a great relationship or, or, or a great dating scenario and it's been a couple months and you're just in the honeymoon phase and you're just infatuated and it's, it's the love without the knowledge. And then he says later on, whether it's you know years from now or when you get married or you move in together, then you still have that. Not, so then you, you gain the knowledge, but then oftentimes you lose the love. So you start off with this harmony, right, of love without knowledge. And then the disharmony comes in, which is the knowledge without love. And the ultimate goal is the repair stage. So inevitably, when dating or when in a relationship or a marriage, you're going to have harmony and then disharmony and then hopefully repair. Now, the other thing he really stresses here, and again, the title is called Us, is most of us deal in this individualistic uh patriarchy way of, of thinking and, and living and, and we bring it into our relationships. So he calls it the you and me consciousness as opposed to the us consciousness. So for me, I layman's terms because I need that. I break it down as in times of conflict or adversity in your relationship, often I start off with you versus me. Now that just stems from my childhood and my, my background. That's my reference point. And instead of leading more with us and leading more with empathy, leading more with vulnerability, leading more with how can I help you in this scenario, I turn to it is me versus you. It is you versus me. And he explains beautifully why and where that comes from, as he mentions the adaptive child, as I'll talk about here, um, and how we created this adaptive child and, and stemming from our inner wounded child and the goal is to be the wise adult. He breaks it all down such a beautiful way. And he, he just, again, really, it, it, another thing he does that's really cool is he, he has these case studies that he goes over. Uh, he's a therapist, so he, he gives a couple of different examples of what he's dealt with in the past with his clients and some real life scenarios, whether it's infidelity, abuse, um, lack of communication, uh, really that, that knowledge and now the love is just gone, uh, so on and so forth. And he does it in a way where it's so relatable and it's, it's just, it hits home. And I think it's going to hit home for everybody, whether you're single, in a relationship, married, you name it, divorce, whatever it is, I really think it's going to hit home for a lot of people. Um, and I highly encourage everyone to read and or listen to this book. And uh, I would love to hear your feedback, by the way, if, if you do decide to do that. I'm actually gifted this book to um, one of my consultation clients in Micah Barnes. I had her on the show a couple episodes back huge advocate of it. And I really think it's important for everyone to read. So if you want to check it out, I'll actually leave that description, a link below. I'll throw in an Amazon link here. And again, it's on audible too. I personally listen and read when I consume books, um, just to speed up the process. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Back to the episode. Again, it's like the, the thoughts are the, the having negative thoughts is a normal thing. Mm -hmm. Having, thoughts that are, you know, are going to draw you to comfort and safety. Those are normal things. 
it's the neural pathway that you have to activate is the one that has to get stronger at talking to it, at right. talking it down. Right. So, you know, I kind of, when I, when I'm hearing this, I, I kind of have like this image in my head of an adaptive child who's like really jacked and muscular. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then this wise adult who is maybe just starting to like meal prep. I'm not sure, but I'm, <laughs> But I get curious about like what is the work that the wise adult is doing to shut down or to talk to. I should I shouldn't say shut down because mm-hmm. it needs to exist. Mm-hmm. But to talk to the adaptive child to say this isn't that. Like our yeah. brain to your point, our brains are sense-making machines. Mm-hmm. So our brain is constantly looking for patterns because it wants to be more efficient. 90% of our brain function is automatic is unconscious yeah. and automatic. Yeah. So if you don't name the story and you don't name the script, then you can't bring it into your conscious to say so where where the, where the wise adult is chilling out in the 10% right. zone. Right, right. Right? The wise adult is over there and once it detects it, it can pull it out and it can talk to it different. And it can yeah. say something different to it. Mm-hmm. So I get curious about what is the, when the, when the adaptive child shows up in an arena where you know, like in, you're already identifying, you're like, it's holding me back. It's getting in my way. What does the wise adult say to the adaptive child? That's like, not right now. This isn't, this, this, this isn't the fight. <laughs> it It's, it's a rare occasion for, for now. Um, again, I, I've just became aware of this, uh, this year. Mid, like in, I'm sorry, 2022, um, midway through the year when I got the book. So it's 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 rare that it happens where the wise adult steps in. Um, but yeah. But I and I think too, and this is just my theory. Mm-hmm. But because you know, looking out, especially over the past couple of years, you know, you've spent so much time like in therapy, and where does therapy go? It goes, it goes back all the time. Yeah. So it's kind of created now where you're just like you're juicing up the adaptive child on a such a regular basis and now i guess it's more like okay well how do you give juice to the wise adult yeah when you because you talk about like being like a self-help junkie or all Mm -hmm. those kinds of things and it's like yeah because that allows you to understand the adaptive child better to just be like oh yeah this is why i am the way i am this is this this resonates this is exactly where this is coming from Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but then there's the other side of it that's like, okay, get it. What do we tell it now? Mm. Yes, as I've I've been saying to a lot of clients, like when you take off the training wheels, right? Basically, right. Like when do you when do you, JD? When do you stop learning about yourself? Like, <laughs> and that sounds yeah, that no, sounds, no, I, sounds crazy to say. No, I, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I ask myself that question too. Like, I'll order another book, and I'm like, another book, huh? Another book. <laughs> like, what could you possibly? Why am I juicing up the jacked <laughs> no, up child? Tra- yeah. the, 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 the adaptive child's child. J- he's jacked. Yeah. Doesn't need any more juice. <laughs> you know, I, to try to answer your question, um, since 2018, again, when I first started reading books, um, this uh, two-way obsession was created. Yeah. In one way, it was this obsession of like finally getting answers to my questions, finally getting resolution as much as I can 
to all the confusion in my life and, and the, the lack of resolution, the lack of closure and the lack of explanation. And I became obsessed. Right. Like things were clicking. I was like, boom, boom. boom. I was like, now nah, I know why people are obsessed with reading books because they found books they like to read, you know. And the second, the, the other way of, of this obsession that's been created is this idea of like, just hang out here a little longer because mm-hmm. you can keep here. You can keep the training was on and your helmet and your elbow pads and your knee pads. So safe. You're safe. So safe. This is a blanket <laughs> without the thorns. We're chilling. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's as I realize now and I can identify that's, I think a lot of the obsession too. And so it's like, I was already afraid of trusting people. I was already afraid of people abandoning me. And now the more I understand why it's like, Oh, shit, I'm really not gonna, you know what I mean? So it, it is, I, I am very much so in a season of um, still trying to fully blossom. And, and I use that analogy because fully opening up, so Full, fully opening up to allow more in, to allow more people in, to allow um, uh, a lot of more of the unknown in and less control. Is that what we're going to ask? Well, in order to do that, what do you have to believe about yourself today? Um, I think a lot of it is really trusting myself that no matter who or what the adaptive child is threatened by, <laughs> um, I'll be all right. And what evidence do you have that supports that belief my whole life <laughs> really um my whole life is is again as i mentioned the second definition of the adaptive child is the you you created in order to survive and i i i survived i am surviving and it's that it's my proof and when you have that proof and now you look at this threat of failure what happens there when you connect those two? Um, I think it's it's a little bit of like David and Goliath. Um, it's actually a really good analogy. Just roll with it here. Yeah, that that's what it would be. instead <laughs> of like a jacked up. <laughs> yeah, instead of like a jacked up baby. <laughs> yes, it's David and Goliath, right? Because. Um, the David in this story is the wise adult. Yes. Right. And the Goliath is the uh, adaptive child. Jacked and up baby. We all, we should know the story of, <laughs> we should know the story of David and Goliath and David ended up winning, you know, and um, it's just so daunting because I only have, say, a handful of occurrences where David was, shining wise adult was like what's good i'm just a nice to meet you. you know what i mean like whatever and i have countless examples of goliath and of of failure on my own or people failing me or things not going according to plan or just etc right and so my reference point is i'm as i'm really trying to like fix and, and as uh, just back to the book for a second is because I can't explain it better than him, but he says the memory reconsolidation is a change to the adaptive child directly rather than a change to the wise adult. So it makes it easier for the wise adult, so David, to run the show 
because it has less to regulate, it has less Goliath. Repeated experiences of real-life encounters disconfirming our negative expectations have the power to heal close, close intimate relationships and even, in some instances, if the conditions are right, severe trauma. And so I am very much so living in the real-life encounters <laughs> um, to disconfirm the past and to rewrite the now and then the future. That would actually be a really cool exercise. Um would be to actually like to sit down and consciously prioritize all the things that prove David yeah. is strong, mm. you know? Yeah. And if you look at it as for everything that you put down, you strengthen David mm-hmm. that much more. Mm-hmm. And that's food you're taking away from Goliath. Yeah. And Goliath gets weaker. David gets stronger. Yeah. Man, I love this exercise so much. In fact, that as I was editing, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to come up with my list of the David's resume, if you will, and all his accomplishments. And I really want to just sit with it and to Lauren's point, feed this, this David energy and starve the Goliath energy. So I'm going to share with you a couple of things that I had on my list. And, um, and she's right. You know, I, in sitting down and thinking about it in that moment, I had like three or four things that I liked, but I ended up coming up with quite a few. So here's my list of, of my David moments in no particular order. I consider learning or I should say relearning how to play the saxophone at my wedding for my wife to walk down the aisle was definitely a David moment. Uh, Another David moment for me was when I moved to New York uh, back in 2008. I had never lived outside of Chicago at that time, and um, I was 21 years old, and it was a huge, daunting leap, but uh, I ended up doing it, and it was to this day one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. And um, I cherish it greatly. Uh, another David moment for me was moving to L.A. Um, I'm going to scroll through these here pretty quickly. Uh, I consider my modeling career a David moment. Um, to be able to say I'm a full-time model for as long as I have been, which is, this is going to be my 18th year, um, it's pretty rare. So definitely a David moment. Um, building my knee back up post-knee surgery. If anyone's had any type of surgery, you know how hard it is to rebuild and to get it back, if not better than what it was. So that was definitely a David moment for me. Uh, taking my mom to Italy uh, in 2015 was was for sure David moment. Um, something that we will always have, and and it's probably my favorite memories with my mom. Uh, having my apartment in Chicago was a huge David moment. Um, I always said if I could afford to have a view of my beloved city and the place that I lived, it would be everything to me. And I had that for the last five years of being in Chicago. Um, our wedding was a David moment. Absolutely. Cause there was a, a big stretch there where we weren't sure how we were going to pull it off. And we did, um, having my mom and dad at that wedding, actually a David moment for me too. Um, I talk a little bit in this episode about the depressive, happy wish feeling. And, as long as I can remember, I've always had this um, happy 
idea or thought of having my mom and dad together in the same room with me. And, and up until like, I mean, now I'm 35 and I've always had this. And um, so to have them at my wedding of all places together and joyful and celebrating me was, was a definitely a David moment. Um, uh, this podcast is definitely a David moment for me. You know, I, I always say that the day before I launched, I almost didn't and I almost backed out and I was like, who am I kidding? Imposter syndrome set in self-sabotage was an overload, uh, self-doubt, self-negative talk was just on 12 and, um, I, I fought through it. And so this podcast is definitely a David moment. Um, making six figures for over 10 years now is, is also a David moment. Again, being a model, it's, it's hard to do that. Being a entrepreneur and just being self-employed is, is really hard to do that, especially with the times that I've, I've been in, you know, COVID being one of them for a couple of years there. And, um, and last but not least, and I got a crazy list here, but I'll just end it here by saying, um, and this might be my, my most significant David moment is unlearning and learning new behaviors unlearning bad old habits that were passed down to me probably and engraved in me and um, learning new ones and changing my life and, and choosing to change my life and my relationships and how I show up in those relationships. Um, absolutely a huge, if not the number one David moment in my life. So those are just a few. Um, I really encourage everyone to also practice this exercise. Um, sit down. I, I just wrote it in my notes on my phone, but Spend some time with it. Be honest. Be present. Don't rush it. This this note that I have is over a couple of days. So, you know, it doesn't have to be just in one sitting. But um, it's so important, as Lauren says, you know, to really feed your David and to starve your Goliath. And since I've done this now over the last week, um, it's it's really shifted a lot for me. Like and I'm, I'm actually really surprised. It's only been seven days to the day. And it's really unlocked like this, this different way of looking at things. And it's awesome. And I definitely will continue to practice this. So for me and Lauren to you, how many things can you list on your David list? All right, let's get back to the episode. You know, the, the beauty of all this is I'm aware. Yes. Like uh, above anything else. One of my takeaways today is, is, is I, I knew I was aware, but like, this is a reminder of like my heightened awareness. And um, my other takeaways is slowly but surely, because you can't, or I, I won't at least, take away all the elbow pads, knee pads, helmet, training wheels off and just say, okay, cool, I got it. Um, understanding that it, it's time. It, it is time to start. And if not, I can pretty much see the trajectory of my life and mm -hmm. living with Goliath and Deborah and the adaptive child mm -hmm. and uh, not getting what I believe I deserve and, and I definitely desire and trying to get unstuck. David's got to do some stuff. <laughs> David's got to do some stuff in order for me to get unstuck. Um, but in, in just wrapping everything up, um, I really hope this helps people, but if I'm being completely frank here and honest, um, for nothing else, it tremendously helped me. Oh, and I'm good. like so thankful um, for you, for your words, for your patience, and really for just allowing um, 
a safe space. You know, I, I, part of when I was rolling, I'm like, you're recording. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you're on camera. This is not just you and Lauren talking. Right. But, uh, you know, the other part of me is like, I don't care. You know, I really don't like, I'm, I'm such a, um, authentic person. And, and, you know, I pride myself on vulnerability. I pride myself on transparency. And um, a lot of it is, is geared towards men. But, like, I'm sure a lot of women are going to, you know, benefit from this as well. So if I can be, again, here as a pinata for everyone, then great. But it's, it's just been so nice to be heard, to be understood, to not be judged, and to receive a lot of um, great new feedback and perspective from you. Oh, my gosh. Really appreciate it. Of course. What was your throat punch? My throat punch. Uh, I got a lot of throat punches when I give consultations, but it's it's a lot of like relational stuff. Um, no, what was your throat punch today? Oh, today, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think I was punching today. Was I punching? Were you punching? Yeah, you weren't punching. Oh, you're saying you, the like throat punch was, you gave what me? What was kind of like a what was kind of like yeah, a, sorry. a moment where you're just like ah. It wasn't a throw punch. It was just like a mind blown moment. What like, was your aha moment is a nicer way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the loss for me, like I almost choked up because that was like you were like, and here, mm-hmm. right here, mm-hmm. put your microscope right there. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, so it's the loss because I knew the other two components, like the fear of failure and like disappointment, but it was the loss, you know, um, and I think the reason why it was such an aha moment and a throw punch for me is because if I did lose those components that I mentioned, it would be my fault. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it hurt the most. Because mm-hmm. in the past, I could I could blame others for leaving me, but this would have been on me. This would have been on you. And that would have that would have been really hard to not only as a pill to swallow, but like to come back from. To be honest, um, so yeah, the aha moment throw punch for me from make the shift, Lauren. <laughs> was uh identifying loss in in all of it so what will you do differently now first i'm going to process <laughs> I'm, I'm actually excited to edit because i'm going to learn so much more you know um, uh, one of the only downfalls of hosting this show is i have a producer mind going yep, yep. Uh, a, a writer outline mind going yep. uh, a host mind going so it's really hard for me to really be present yeah um, so I'm excited to sit back and just um, learn. And I think some of the steps, first and foremost, are just really acknowledging David more and, and giving him the mic more than, yes. the, than the adaptive David child. David. Give David the mic. Um, yeah, because it's, it's uh, again, it's time. It's time. And also um, patience, you know, because cause it's, it's something I definitely lack. That's why I golf so much. It's one of the reasons why I golf so much. And uh, it's it's also going to be necessary if I'm going to really do this because it's, it's not going to be overnight. You know, we're talking about 35 years of a shift <laughs> that has to happen. So patience and grace along the way. Yeah. I would say it's like when we're triggered, there's like a timeline to recovery where like mm. our emotional or adaptive child or whatever we're yeah. calling it today <laughs> is like really at play, right? It's like the amygdala hijack. And then that there's a distance between when the wise adult is just like, all right, you've done now. This is yeah. where we're at. Yeah. And it's never about like 
shutting them down. It's just about shortening the distance, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're going to get triggered. You're going to feel these things again. You're going to be reminded, but it's about how do you talk to yourself? How does David strengthen up to shorten the distance between the trigger and the recovery? Yeah. That's really good. It's not if it's when. And I, and I, and the reason why I do like that is because I think we can get so down on ourselves for like, why do you still think this way? Why are you, mm-hmm. why are you, why are you talking to yourself negatively? Like, and it just produces like this shame spiral. Like, Oh, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be better than this. You've done, you've done the work. You shouldn't be having these thoughts anymore. No, I can have the thoughts yeah. I'm going to have the thoughts. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm, doing other things that I've not done before means that I'm inviting these thoughts back in. Right. People ask me, um, you know, about my, like someone was asking me like, when do you get over that part where you don't feel like an imposter in your job? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it happens every time I raise my rates. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I raise my rates, right. I got to get back in. I got to go right back to square one <laughs> where it's like, what are you doing? You're not mm-hmm. this. You're not that. Da, 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 da. Or Cray would say, what does she do? What does she do? <laughs> <laughs> But then using that evidence that supports, you've been here before. Mm -hmm. David has struck Goliath down more than once. Mm -hmm. You can do it again. And then shortening the distance so that I can be like, bet that's the price. Yeah. We're going. So giving yourself permission to understand you're going to have imposter syndrome and and those self-doubts. But then your recovery back, yeah. But pushing myself to recover with a bias to action. Mm -hmm. That's what it always is for me. It's that you have it. But having a bias to action means that I'm just giving myself that permission gives me the bias to action. Yeah. What are you afraid of? What permission do you need to give yourself in this moment? I'm going to give myself permission to suck. I'm going to give myself permission to fall flat on my face. And I'm going to give myself permission to view this as a learning experience and Mm -hmm. nothing more. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when it's happening because I want things. JD, you have no idea how I just want to open up my inbox one day and see that email that's like, Lauren Morrison, are you ready to change your life? (laughs) I'm waiting for it. And I want it to happen so badly. But at the same time, I... So that's what makes it hard and that's what makes me impatient. But that's also that impatience that you have. Mm-hmm. How do you use it to better you? Yeah. You know, how do you use that as your superpower? It's like, I'm impatient. Mm-hmm. Okay, the email didn't come today. Put up another friggin' reel. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, okay, so again, uh, I just, I can't thank you enough for coming on for, for all that I said before and just... um just being you no thank honestly. you so much for yeah. having me and and you know i didn't i didn't know you were going to take it here and allow I me didn't to, know either i didn't know you were going to allow me to <laughs> actually like because you, you said like all guinea pig this one and i'm like cool yeah now we're gonna have a real conversation yeah so i appreciate that and you know i again extend like i'm if ever you do need it thank you i appreciate it you know where to find me i appreciate it um if you can tell everyone i'm not sure if that camera's still rolling but maybe the middle one for sure for safety um where they can find you if they want to work with you Mm -hmm. yep you can find me uh on instagram at make the shift with lauren and i'm going to double check that one 
It is. I just it, changed it. Okay. Yes. On Instagram, <laughs> TikTok, and YouTube at Make the Shift with Lauren. Uh, you can also check out my website, uh, www.maketheshiftcoach.com. And you can find out how you can work with me on Instagram. I do a lot of like lives. I do, uh, I've got a lot of really great free resources on my website that you can download, um, as well as looking into some of the online programs that I have. And then, of course, there's my creme de la creme, which is one on one yeah. pinata bashing. Oh, yeah, throat punching. <laughs> throat punching. <laughs> You're up for that. Yeah. Um, everyone, make sure you go follow and check out Lauren uh, if you haven't already. I know a lot of people do. And um, also, thank you for wearing my merch. Right? I'm I, so I, loving. I, I really appreciate that. So loving. Yeah. This is the first time I've seen a long sleeve um, shirt in person. It's the one sample I didn't get. So yeah. it looks good. Yeah. Cool. And hoodies are like definitely like I talked to my supplier today and I was like, I need some clothes. I'm not gonna lie i was like don't get too attached to this shirt because jd might bring you a hoodie <laughs> oh no damn it i i yeah okay they're coming okay they're coming um cool well thanks again thanks for everyone for watching uh it's good to be back i got one more before season two ends and i'm hoping it will be shay and uh get into season three All right. thanks again we have five now we're gonna have five that our vibe. And hug. Oh my Let's gosh, that was awkward because I tried to pull away. It's okay. <laughs>Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.